Hello and welcome back to the Hardy Homemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Brianne, and boy, do we have a treat for you. On today's episode, I had the honor of interviewing Stephanie Gass from The Stephanie Gass Show. And in case you don't know who Steph is, she is a CEO, wife, boy mom, coffee lover, and hashtag PJs all day enthusiast. Steph helps women get clear on their niche, start a podcast, and grow a successful online business God's way. She is the host of the top 0.5 globally ranked podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, The Stephanie Gass Show. Steph believes it's possible to partner with God to create impact and income without sacrificing or buying into social media hustle. On today's episode, I interviewed Steph about Steph's seven-step spiritual battle plan to defeat the enemy, spiritual warfare, and strongholds from Psalms 18. Now with the episode, there is a workbook that goes along with this that she has provided and it will be linked in the episode description. So make sure to go ahead and grab that workbook. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's interview with Steph. Hey Steph, welcome to the podcast. Hi Brianne, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited that you are here. Now, for those who don't know you, tell us a little about yourself and your testimony. Oh, that's a big question. Okay. So I'm uh, Steph Gass, and I've got two little boys. I live in New Mexico in the mountains out here. And let's see my testimony. You want my spiritual testimony or my Yeah, business? go for okay. it. So I... Um, I've always been in relationship with Jesus. I was saved at the age of nine at a big outdoor amphitheater Easter event. And it was, you know, we went to church on Easter and Christmas, like, you know, good Christian families do. And we're there. And I remember just feeling the tug of the Holy Spirit and looking at my mom and saying, I'm supposed to go down there. And she's like, no. I mean, there's literally 20,000 people at this huge Easter sunrise service. I'm like, yeah now. And so thankfully she went down with me and then I got saved and we got baptized after that, she and I together. And then we kind of went on our back into regular life. My mom had two jobs, was going to school. My parents were divorced. They were both very busy. And so I was, you know, we just were surviving and working to make enough to rest on Sunday. And so we didn't really go to church. I didn't really have anyone tell me that there was such a thing as a relationship available. I don't even know that anybody knew that that was around me. So went on my life like that, ended up um, really falling away in my teenage years and throughout my 20s, looking for recognition and validation and success and had those things. Became very successful in network marketing and ended up kind of having this huge moment of hitting the top, so to speak. Like I walked the stage, I had the big $50,000 check And knowing like, this is it, this is the culmination of everything I've been working for and striving for. And the reason that I, you know, have to work when my kids are home and the reason that I take my phone on vacations with my husband, like it's all for now. And I remember getting off the stage, Brianne, and feeling absolutely nothing. Wow. It was like, oh, I'm still the same and I'm still searching. And what am I searching for? And so went on another year in that business the same way, was drinking a lot, lots of other like addictive issues to my phone and social media. And of course, right, because I'm looking for that recognition and that feeling. And God stepped in in a really big way and kind of pulled the rug out from under me or allowed that rug to be pulled out. And I ended up having our income go from this really amazing place to a fourth within a year. 
and my downline dispersed all the new companies and I was left with myself. And so this was the moment was like, oh, I'm not, my identity is not success anymore. It's not worthiness anymore. It's not achievement. It's just me. And I'm here and I have this newborn and I'm 60 pounds overweight. And all I want to do is go have a drink, but I'm not going like, I'm like, you know, so swirling and like, who am I? And I went to the mirror and I remember this moment of like, we couldn't pay the bills. We borrowed money from my son's savings account. And this moment of like, there's nowhere to go but God right now in this moment. And so I got this notebook and pen and I started journaling to him. And I, no one even told me that was a thing. It was like so Holy Spirit. And so I start writing. I'm like, who am I? What am I supposed to do now? <laughs> like Everybody knows I'm a failure, right? And so I start journaling and all these things start coming out on the paper like, you're a daughter of the king. You are sober. You're a present wife, present mom. You have a kingdom business. You're healthy. Like all of these things. And I'm looking at this paper like, who's that? Like that looks that looks cute, God. But like, I don't know what to do. So I circled the first thing on the paper, which was get healthy. And I went to a gym I couldn't afford. And I put my kids in the daycare for an hour. And then I would pray or journal or work on a business that I didn't know what it was. And that was about seven years ago now. And today, I'm the woman on the paper. Wow. Oh, I've got Holy Spirit goosebumps. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and but God, right? Like, but oh, our beautiful, incredible God to take me when all I've done is fail myself and turn away from him and say, here's a vision of who you're going to become. Let's go together. Wow. What a testimony. Okay, way to start this off. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> All right. Now, on the podcast, one of the things you talk about is spiritual warfare and this seven-step battle plan to fight against it. Now, for those who are unaware, like, what spiritual warfare is, what would you say, like, a brief explanation what spiritual warfare is and maybe some examples of that? Yeah. So in Scripture, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And so you are in the way. And so basically spiritual warfare is the offset of all of that. Stealing from you, killing your dreams, killing marriages, killing what God has for you and destroying all of that because that's how he wins. Now he can't win if we're in Christ, of course, but sometimes we get distracted because that warfare feels like a lot. And there's little things. I think there's little tricks. There's little things that we trip up on. And then there's really big audacious attacks and kind of, can go on this spectrum. And I'm sure all of you listening have experienced and some of these things, and maybe you never recognize it was warfare. Maybe you never recognized that this wasn't just how life should be. And you didn't recognize that you have the authority to stop it, which is what we're going to talk about today. So some examples are, let's say, um, oh, well, I have one, you know, my son was on his iPad, we were on vacation and he's scrolling through and we had a, the protections on. He's on YouTube looking up certain songs and as he's clicking, getting deeper and deeper into what he thought was the song he was looking up, but it had the word butt in it. It started leading to these videos that were completely inappropriate, even though I had on the parental guidance. So we end up finding out about a week later that he's been looking at these things. It was truly, I believe, the enemy uses technology and these like dark black holes to like for number one for us as adults, but secondly, for our kids to go astray mm -hmm. and start looking into these things. And so for me, that was, this is warfare by the enemy against my child and my family. That's one example. Another one might be if you've ever felt like things happen in like threes or in culmination, like somebody gets sick in your family and then your business feels like it's crumbling and then your mind tells you that you're worthless. And then you like stub your toe and it's like, what is happening? I hate everyone and everything. 
Well, have you ever thought that maybe you're being distracted from something else you're supposed to be doing right now? Maybe it's a a way to derail you from believing in yourself. And then there's the really big ones. Like as a child, and this may sound crazy to some of you that haven't experienced this, and I've actually heard from people that this isn't just a rare occasion. This does happen to quite a few people. I was actually attacked in my sleep with um, demonic dreams. They were, my house would burn up, my mom would disappear, I'd be left alone, over and over recurring dreams that were so traumatizing as a child that I wet the bed till I was 10. My parents thought someone was abusing me, like what's wrong with her? I went to therapy and I would explain, like I would see these demons and I would see these things in my sleep and everyone just thought I was crazy. (laughs) And now as I speak to people, I realize like, oh, this isn't an isolated account. Like other people have experienced this, whether as a child or even as adults in their sleep, they get attacked. And um, I'm just like, well, it happened to me. So I'll share about it. Whether or not you guys think I'm nuts or not, that happened to me. And what I know now is because of the space that I'm in, the number one thing that the enemy could have done is scare me as a child to get me to never get to the place that I sit now and the appointing and anointing that I have in the business that I run and the people that I end up helping in their business and the things that I do now was to take me out. And so he tries to take you out. So there's lots of examples of how it's happened for me, but you know that could be any of those things or a combination of for you. Now, one of the things that you talk about is the seven-step spiritual battle plan. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how did you even like find it or how'd you come up with it? Like, let's talk about it. Sure. So after that incident with my son happened, I felt very powerless because the one thing I had done was I'd already spoken to my boys for, for a while about, hey, if you see inappropriate stuff, if you see a naked person on the computer or on your iPad, or because I knew like this is inevitable, like sometime, someday this is going to happen, come tell me right away. And we've talked about it and they knew, but yet this still happened to me. And I'm a failure as a parent and I didn't have the right things on and I shouldn't have given him an, an iPad to play. Like all these things and all this guilt and all this shame and all this I failed came up inside of me. And so the one thing I know through discipline and learning the hard way is I turned to God instead of away from God. And so I turned to God in the morning and I kept talking to him about it and asking what I was supposed to do with this and knowing there was some type of redemption on the other side. And I was led to Psalms chapter 18. And as I'm reading the book, the chapter 18 in Psalms, I started to just like, like my pen, like look at this paper. It's just like nuts. Like there's just notes everywhere. And like the Holy Spirit was at work. I was like, what is happening? And I end up pulling out seven specific steps of finding freedom from enemy attacks, strongholds, trials, spiritual warfare. And I applied it to what had happened to me and my son. And I was, I found freedom through that. We've found so much blessing. It's been amazing. Like it's helped him to be equipped in a really amazing way. Like it's just so cool what God did with that situation. And then I felt very clearly I was to share it. So I ended up putting it on my podcast. I made a workbook that goes with it. It's totally free. And I've since been asked by you know dozens of other outlets and podcasts to share it because it was so powerful for them as a listener. Now, can you pull out a couple of the things inside like the seven steps, like maybe like one step or two step of it? Yeah, sure. So let's go. We'll just do the first couple steps. So step one comes from Psalms chapter 18, three through five. And it says, the, the ropes of death entangled me. And this is David. And he's singing this to the Lord on the day that the Lord rescued him from his enemies and from Saul. Okay. So he says, the ropes of death entangled me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. 
So what happens is we first have to see the enemy attack, which is step one. We have to see it. And how do we see it? Well, what's entangling you right now? What are the ropes in your life? What are the traps that you feel are are continuously happening for you? And like I said, you've got to have open eyes to be able to see them because sometimes, you know, not to glorify the enemy, but he ain't dumb. He's like, I know that she, like Steph Gas, has a weakness when it comes to whatever, ego or something. So he, they'll poke at the things that your weakness already is, or you have a, you have an issue with comparison. I'm going to plant these people right in front of her so that she stays small. So it's like, we have to open our eyes and go, oh, wow, I'm literally living in a trap. I see this obstacle right now. Because if we don't see it, then we can't take it to God. So that's step one. Step two is to then call on God. And this comes from Psalm 18.3 and 18.6. So 18.3 says, I called on the Lord who is worthy of praise and he saved me from my enemies. I called on the Lord. And then six, in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. I prayed to God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. So when we see this thing that we're dealing with, and this can be too, I want to also say this can be an addiction in your life, right? This can be any stronghold. It can be coming at you against you or it can already be happening to you. It can be something you think is your fault. It can be something that you think is not your fault. It can be a traumatic thing that you've walked through and you're carrying. I mean, it can be any of those things. We still have to see it. We have to see it. And then we have to step two, call on God. And so I think it's important here to highlight. They didn't say I whispered to God, which is okay too. But specifically in this situation, when David is in a war against this enemy attack, And he had a physical war that he was dealing with. And he had that internal war that he was going through. He called, he cried out. So I think it's so critical that we hear, you have so much more authority than you know that you have. The enemy wants you to believe that you should be afraid. He wants you to think that maybe you should cower down and like whisper like, oh God, maybe I'm worthy of help in this area. But if you want to God, and I believe because we are in Jesus Christ, we have authority, the authority of Jesus and in Holy Spirit to rebuke the enemy away and out of our life, away from our children. I am unavailable for the enemy's plans over my son ever again. And I let him know that. But it had to start with calling on God for me to even be able to rise up to that battle. And then there's, you know, the other, I can keep going if you want. Or, yeah, keep going, keep going. Okay, okay, very good. So step three is to then watch God step in. So Psalm eighteen fourteen says, he, the Lord, shot his arrows and scattered his enemies, David's enemies. Great bolts of lightning flashed and they were confused. So here's what I think is interesting. So God steps in for David, right? And he steps in for us. And he shoots the enemies, scatters them, confuses them. He weakens your oppressor. He weakens the addiction. He weakens whatever's going on, the temptation. He weakens the brokenness that you're facing in your marriage. He weakens it. Okay, this is super important because in step four, you get equipped by God. Because then the next thing that happened, 1832 through 36 says, God arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. He makes me sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bow. You've given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help makes me great. You've made a wide path for my feet to keep me from slipping. So God weakens the enemy. Then he equips. He equips you. Uh Uh-oh. 
He's not equipping you because God took it out for you and you're now to sit back and chill. He equipped you because you're about to do something. He equips you because you have the power within you to overcome the thing that you're faced with, to overcome. I think so often we stop and we go, well, I prayed. And if we look at this story, that's not where the story ends for David. And it's not where the story ends for any of us. Sometimes God will go ahead and take care of that. But sometimes I think God's actually asking you and equipping you to rise up, meet him and battle beside him. So step five is to go to battle. In Psalm 18, 37 through 38, it says, I, so I, David, chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. He said, I chased them. He had to go after this thing. He had to physically go into the war and he had to catch whatever this trap, this deception, this addiction, whatever it is, catch it. Don't stop until it's conquered. Strike it down so they can't get up. They fell beneath my feet. This is how serious you have to go to battle for your family for your kids, for your marriage, for your health, for the healing, for the thing, for your business, for your finances, you have to go to war for these things. You're not alone. God went first. If you pray and you ask him and you see it and he, and he strikes, he weakens, he equips, but then you go, you go to war. I will tell you after that situation with my son, I had another one where the enemy or something was in my home and he was trying to scare me like he did as a kid. There were strange things being said and I could hear things and things were happening and I laid there afraid and I played glorify app and I'm like, the Lord is with me. I'm fine. It's okay. And I went into my seven-year-old self and I like went into that trauma that had happened and I sat in it all night long and couldn't sleep. And I had a call with a spiritual mentor, somebody that I trust the next day and I told her about it. And she's like, why did you allow that? You allowed that to happen to you all night long and laid there in terror. Whose are you? Is your home available for that? And like just this like equipping this life that she was speaking over me was like, oh my gosh, hello, my seven set battle plan. Bring it to God. Like really felt convicted in that moment, got off the call and I went crazy in my home. I was anointing windows and doors and screaming at the enemy and reminding him of Jesus Christ and the blood of Christ over my home and that he is to go. And I cast him out and I rebuked him. And I will tell you, there has never been more peace in this home in the past three, four months since that happened. It was like, all I had to do was stand up in my authority, right? But he wants us to believe that we're weak and should stay scared and stay small. Okay, last two steps. Step six is to receive God's anointing and his victory. So Psalm 1843 says, you gave me victory over my accusers and you appointed me ruler over nations. Hello, the victory is already promised. So why are we afraid to go to war? It's just a test of our obedience, of our belief and our trust in God that he can take care of it and that we have enough inside of us to rise into this place that we didn't really see possible for ourselves. And were appointed. Not only did he win, because I think that's pretty beautiful. Like, oh, God allowed David to win. He's He's got victory. But then he like one-ups it. And he's like, oh, P.S., you're, you're ruler over nations. <laughs> because of your obedience, right? Because David was like, I will trust you and do what you say and follow this plan and go to battle and chase and do and win. God's like, boom, 
favor. And I think that is such a testament to like what's happened in my life too, in my business and my marriage is the best place it's ever been. Like all these things of me being that woman on the paper, it came from these really crazy steps in big faith that I didn't think that I was equipped for ever. But I did it anyway because God said, because I didn't ever want to see myself in a mirror again, asking the question, who am I? It was like, God said, I'm this person. Let's go. So the very last thing, step seven, praise God and give him glory. Psalm 1849. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. So after you walk through a battle, a trial, a breakthrough, you get to the other side of the addiction, you're free, your marriage is restored, whatever happens for you, talk about it. I think we put away the struggle because we think it's embarrassing. We think that it will define us or people will talk about us in a bad way. But the truth is, if you never talk about it, you can never give the freedom to someone else that's been available to you because your story is going to show someone else what's possible. Your story will provide healing for people. The truth that you speak will give someone else permission to step into that place. So the best lesson through all of these things I've been through is I didn't go through it for nothing. I went through it to share it and to help somebody else find that same feeling, that same freedom or that same faith that God's given me. Wow, that is just so incredibly powerful. But I know this is going to help moms so much, especially because we get in these moments where we're so overwhelmed with literally everything. And when you don't even realize that, you know, it's the spiritual warfare, but to be able to have this and just so much like just tangible and being able to equip yourself with this and like go after it like, oh, my God, so good. So good. Now, where can people go ahead and grab this workbook? Yeah, you guys can go to stephaniegass.com slash battle plan. Stephanie Gass, which is S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E-G-A-S-S dot com slash battle plan. And it's free. Print it. It has the verses that I mentioned and the steps that I'm mentioning to you, but it also has journaling that you're to do at each step. So what I would recommend is printing the number of workbooks of the – I would focus on the imminent thing that you're dealing with that go from the biggest to the smallest. And I will also say like sometimes people see freedom by going through the workbook in a in a day because it's something that they can tackle in a day. But some things that we're working on that are a larger or a longer problem, like it took me three years to get freedom from my social media addiction and to leave Instagram completely, like three years. And so just knowing like these steps can take a short amount of time or they can take a few years. Like, it's okay. Know that God's with you on that journey and everything will be made beautiful in its time. And so trusting God in his timing of your of your freedom. Awesome. Do you have any more uh, last minute tips for mamas uh, who are fighting the spiritual warfare and going to go into this battle equipped? <laughs> you know, what I have to say is like, the sooner I just went there, the more freedom was available so much faster. Like instead of being like, oh, maybe I'm kind of scared. I'm like, will this work? Like, what do you have to lose? You know, like I remember feeling really awkward about audacious prayer, like rising up in my prayer life. So I went into the car alone and I would just run an errand and I would go and practice because there were some things like I really needed God to hear me on. And so I just went there and like I let loose and I let out my emotion, whether it was anger or crying or punching a steering wheel or 
whatever needed to come out between God and I, there was a safe place to do it. And that gave me this permission and this safe space to like play with it a little bit and then realize like I'm so much more powerful because I have, I am the hands and feet of Christ. And because I have Holy Spirit inside of me, then I knew. And I'm going to go ahead and rise into that now in all of these different areas of my life. And so the sooner you just go for it, watch the impossible miraculous happen. I love it. Awesome. Now, where can my audience go ahead and find slash connect with you? Yeah. So come on over to stephaniegass.com. Again, my name is spelled with an F, stephaniegass, two S's, G-A-S-S.com. And I have some free gifts there. I have a quiz. I, of course, have a podcast, which would be a great place to come and get poured into as a mom, especially if you have a call on your heart to start a business or you run an online business of any kind and you want God to be at the center. That's Online Business for Christian Women with Stephanie Gass. And those would be the best places to start. Awesome. And I'll also make sure to leave a link to the workbook in the description. That way people can go ahead and go grab that. Thank you, Steph, so much for being on the pod. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to the Hardy Homemaker podcast. For resources and materials, head over to hardyhomemaker.com. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to screenshot it, share it on your stories on Instagram, and tag me at Hardy Homemaker so I can personally thank you for tuning in. If you feel called to, share the episode with a friend or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. As always, praying for you, your family, and your business. Until next time, I'll chat with you soon.